<laughs> Welcome back to These Are The Words. I'm Eric Grun. And uh, sometimes you got to just, you got to tell these Karens to just, to just, you know, take it easy. Take it easy. Just relax. Relax, Karen. Relax, Karen. You know, so many, it ends up being, sometimes you can be dealing with not only the Karen at your at your job, but the Karen that is at your home, the Karen uh, next door, the Karen, you know, there's so many, all of a sudden, so many Karens in our lives these days, you know? But, uh, <laughs> Father God, I pray that you not only help us to deal with the difficult people in our lives, in our jobs, at work, um, the difficult people we have to deal with at home, the difficult people we have to deal with in our heads, the difficult people we have to deal with whenever we need some service, uh, the doctor's office, uh, at the pharmacies, at the stores that we have to go to. Uh, it seems to be that everywhere, every which way we turn, we have difficult people in our lives. And, um, you know, everyone wants to be you. Everyone wants to step into the shoes of God. But you alone are the Lord. You alone are God. You alone are worthy of the title and the position of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you are not like Karen. You are not as the Karens in our life. You are not you are not you are not a tyrant. You are not a bully. You are not insecure. You are righteous and steadfast and faithful and solid as a rock. And you are worthy and able. We can be sure-footed when we walk with you. We can be sure-minded. We don't have to suffer chaos and confusion. When we are with you, when you are present with us, when we are walking with you, it is simple. It is easy. Your burden is light. It is... It, all the burdens are lifted off of our shoulders. All the government we have to deal with in our minds, in our lives, is lifted up off of our shoulders and you take it for us. You carry the cross for us. You carry our burdens and you carry us into your salvation, which is sure, which is definite, which is absolute. And so we turn to you and in all these unsure times uh, and in these times of chaos and confusion and in these times of... Um, uh, that we can become easily uh, insecure and full of doubt. Uh, 
and we turn to you that we can rest on you. We can depend on you. You are fully reliable. You are always with us and you are faithful um, from beginning to end. Praise you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, I'm going to continue with the secret of Shambhala. I took a couple days off from reading and from the podcast. And I'm going to find some some pretty cool, cool music. Let's see. The Tree of Life. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see this. Kilabo. I believe that they have renewed. Kilabo. Kilabo, the wilderness. Global base. Organica trip hop. <laughs> That's my style. This is pretty cool. Okay. All right. So last time I left off on page 87, chapter 4, Conscious Alertness, in the book of The Secret of Shambhala in Search of the 11th Insight by James Redfield. I'm still not sure how to get into this state of mind. One must stop and remind oneself to assume an attitude of alertness every moment. One must visualize that one's energy is going out and bringing just the right hunches to you, the right events. You have to expect them to occur at any moment. We set our fields to bring us synchronicity by being ever vigilant, always expecting the next encounter. Every time you forget to keep yourself in this state of expectation, you must catch yourself and remember. The more you stay in this state of mind, the more the synchronicity will increase. And eventually, if you keep your energy high, this posture of conscious alertness will become your prevailing attitude toward life. The legends say the prayer extensions will eventually be second nature to us. We will set them in the morning as routinely as getting dressed. That is the place you must reach, the state of mind where you have this expectation constantly. So, um, actually, uh, this week I heard someone saying that uh, synchronicity 
is a, a alignment with time. It's it's within time. It works in time. Synchronicity has to do with time. That uh, like like timing in a song. Um, so it, a song has like a, a count or a rhythm, a, a timing. So you have to hit a note um, it, within the within time, within the time that matches the time set for the song. So synchronicity also has to do with like being on time, you know. So integrating and 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 lining up, being in alignment with time, with 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 uh, what syncs up, what syncs up in time. Okay. So anyway. The legends say the prayer extensions will eventually be second nature to us. We will set them in the morning as routinely as getting dressed. That is the place you must reach, the state of mind where you have this expectation constantly. He paused and looked at me for a moment. When you heard the vehicle coming toward you, you immediately went into fear. From the sounds of it, they were intuiting that they should stop at the mounds, although they probably had no idea why. But when you went into fear, thinking that they were possibly the bad guys, your field actually went your field actually went out and had an effect on them, entering their fields and probably making them feel something was amiss, that they were doing something wrong, so they took off. What he was telling me was fantastic, but if it but it felt true to me. Tell me more about how our fields affect people, I said. He shook his head. You're getting ahead of yourself. The effect of our fields on other people is the third extension. For now, just concentrate on setting a field for synchronicity and not going into fearful thoughts. You have a tendency to expect the worst. Remember when we are on our way to Lama Rigden's and I left you alone? You saw a group of refugees and they would have led you right to the Lama's monastery if you had only talked to them. But instead, you figured they were going to turn you in and you missed the synchronicity. <laughs> this song is called Samaya, ancient technology, mixed tribal trap, global bass, psi bass dub. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay. This negative thinking is a pattern with you. Okay, let's see. Um... But instead you figured they were going to turn you in and you missed the synchronicity. This negative thinking is a pattern with you. I just looked at him, feeling tired. He smiled and didn't mention any of my mistakes again. We talked casually about Tibet for most of the evening, going outside at one point to look up at the stars. The sky was clear and the temperature barely freezing. Above us were the brightest stars I had ever seen, and I commented to Yin about it. Of course they look big, he said. You are standing on the rooftop of the world. The next morning I slept late and went through a series of Tai Chi movements with Yin. 
We waited for as long as we could for Yin's friends, but they never showed up. We realized we'd have to risk going with only one vehicle after all, and loaded up the jeep, pulling out right at noon. Something must have happened, Yin said, looking over at me. He was trying to be strong, but I could tell he was worried. We were heading up the main road again through a thick, sand-blown haze that had covered most of the landscape and obscured our view of the mountains. It will be hard for the Chinese to see us in this, Yin remarked. That's good, I said. I had been wondering how the Chinese knew we had been at the restaurant in Zongba, so I asked Yin what he thought. I'm sure it was my fault, he said. I told you how much anger and fear I felt toward, toward them. I'm sure my prayer field was bringing me what I was asking for. I looked hard at him. This was too much. Are you telling me, I asked, that because you were fearful, your energy went out and, some, and somehow brought the Chinese to us? No, not merely the fear. We all get a general kind of fear. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about letting my mind go into fearful visions of what might happen, what the Chinese might do. I've seen them, I've seen them operate in Tibet for so long. I know their methods. I know how they oppress individuals through intimidation. I allowed myself to see them coming for us in my mind as a little vision, and I wasn't doing anything to counteract that image. I should have caught myself and envisioned in my mind that they would no longer be so antagonistic toward us, and then held that expectation. My fear in general was not what brought them. My fear in general was not what brought them. I went unconscious and held a specific image, a specific expectation that they would come in on us. That they would come in on us. That was the problem. If you, if you hold a negative image too long, it can eventually come true. I was still awed by the whole idea. Could this be correct? For a long time I had observed that people who feared a particular event, a burglary at their house, for instance, or getting a particular disease or losing a lover, often experienced just what occurrence, just that, often experienced just that occurrence in their lives. Was this the effect Yin was describing? I remembered the fearful image I'd had earlier in Zhangba, when Yin had left to find someone to go with us. I had imagined being alone in the jeep, driving around lost, driving around lost, which is exactly what had ended up happening. A chill went through me. A chill went through me. I had been, I had been making the same mistake as Yin. Are you saying that everything that happens to us that's negative is the result of our own thoughts, I asked? He frowned. Of course not. Many things merely happen in the natural course of living with other human beings. Their expectations and actions play a part too. But we do have some creative influence, whether we want to believe it or not. We have to wake up and understand that in terms of our prayer energy, an expectation is an expectation. Whether it, is a, whether it is based on fear or faith. In this case, I wasn't monitoring myself closely enough. I told you my hatred of the Chinese was a problem. He turned and our eyes met. Also, remember what I told you, he added. 
that at these higher levels of energy, the effect of our prayer field is very quick. Out there in the ordinary world, individuals still have a mix of fear images and success images, so they tend to cancel each other out and keep the effect low. But at these levels, we can affect we can affect what happens very quickly, even though a fear image will eventually collapse the strength of our field. The key is to make sure your mind is focused on the positive path of your life, not on some fearful expectation. That's why the second extension is so important. If we make sure we stay in a state of conscious alertness for the next synchronicity, our minds stay on the positive and off our fear and doubt. Do you see what I mean? I nodded but said nothing. Yin focused again on the road. We have to use this power right now. Stay as alert as you can. We can pass the, ver we can pass the van very easily in this haze and we don't want to miss them. You're sure they were heading in this direction? Yes, I said. Then if they, then if they stopped to spend the night, the way we did, they couldn't be that far, that far ahead. All morning we traveled, still heading northwest. As much as I tried to keep it up, I couldn't stay in the state of conscious alertness Yin was describing. Something wasn't right. Yin noticed and kept looking over at me. Finally he turned and said, Are you sure you're expecting the full synchronistic process? Yeah, I replied. I think so. He frowned slightly and continued to glance over at me. I knew what he, I knew what he was getting at. Both in Peru and later in the Appalachians with the Tenth Insight, I'd experienced a process to synchronicity. Each of us at that, each of us at any point, at any one point, each of us at any one point has a primary question about our lives, something we are inquiring into, given our particular life situation. In our case, the question was how we might find the Dutch van, and then Will and the Gateway. Ideally, once we recognize the central question in our lives, we will have a guiding thought or an intuition about how to answer it. We find ourselves with a mental image that would suggest going somewhere, taking some action, saying something to a stranger. Again, ideally, if we follow that intuition, coincidences will occur to give us information pertaining to our question. This synchronicity leads us farther, further down our life path, and in turn, to a new question. What do the legends say about this, I asked. They say, Yin replied, that humans will eventually learn that their prayer power can greatly influence the flow of their lives. By using the force of our expectations, we can bring forth the process of synchronicity more frequently. But we have to stay alert for the whole process, beginning with the next intuition. Are you consciously expecting an intuition? I haven't gotten anything yet, I said. But are you expecting one, he pressed. I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about intuitions. He nodded. You must remember that this is a part of setting your field of prayer for synchronicity. You must stay alert and expect the whole process to come forth. 
the question, getting an intuition and following it, and looking for the coincidences. Remind yourself to expect it all. Be alert for it all. And if you do, your energy will go out ahead of you and help bring the flow. He shot me a smile meant to uplift my spirits. I took in a few breaths, feeling my energy begin to return. Yin's mood was contagious. My alertness sharpened. I smiled back at him. I was for the first time appreciative of who Yin was. At times he was as fearful as me, and often he was too blunt. But his heart was into this journey, and he wanted more than anything to succeed. As I thought about this, I slipped into a daydream of Yin and me walking through rocky sand dunes at night, somewhere near a river. There was a glow in the distance, a campfire that we wanted to reach. Yin was leading, and I was glad to follow. I looked over at him again. He was staring hard at me. I realized what had happened. I think I just got something, I said. I had the thought of us walking toward a campfire. Do you think that means anything? Only you would know, he said. But I don't know. How am I supposed to know? If your thought was a guiding intuition, it would have something to do with us looking for the van. Who was at the campfire? What was the feeling? I don't know who was there, but we wanted to reach the campfire very badly. Is there a sandy area nearby? Yin pulled the jeep off the, the road and stopped. The haze was beginning to lift. This landscape is all rocky sand. This landscape is all rocky sand for another hundred miles, Yin said. I shrugged my shoulders. What about a river? Is there a river somewhere close? Yin's eyes lit up. Yes, just past the next town. Paryang, about 150 miles up ahead. He paused for a moment, smiling broadly. We must stay very alert, he said. It is our only lead. Alright, I'm going to pick up next time. In Conscious Alertness, page 93. And uh, this is a funny, weird, <laughs> weird kind of song. I'm going to change it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to read from Scripture, the book of Esther. The book of Esther, chapter 10. It looks like it's the last chapter before the book of Job. Mordecai's greatness. Now King Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus laid a tribute on the land and on the coastlands of the sea. Now King Ahasuerus laid a tribute on the land and on the coastlands of the sea, and all the accomplishments of his authority and strength, and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? Media is Greece. 
Media and Persia. Ah. For Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus and great among the Jews and in favor with his many kinsmen. One who sought the good of his people and one who spoke for the welfare of his whole nation. Wow. The reference to this taxation may represent material in the author's source to which he directs the reader for additional information and confirmation. Uh, yeah, it's a tribute. It's a tribute on the land and on the coastlands of the sea, so it was a tax. It was a taxation, so... The reader for additional. Oh, geez, geez, let me see. Two, three. The phraseology here is similar to that in Genesis. This is a numerous other parallels. Okay. But, I mean, consider what we just read in the book of The Secret of Shambhala. The Secret of Shambhala goes through what we are alert for, what we expect. It has a lot to do with what we just read, what you just heard. It has a lot to do with what we expect, what we expect, what we expect in our prayer field. Are we setting our expectations high? Are we setting our expectations for, for good things? Are we trying to practice... Uh, stillness. Are we trying to practice stillness and looking toward great things? Looking toward, um, or are we allowing our negative, fearful-based, fear-based thinking to create images? So Yin said, "Oh, it's not just a fear. Not just fear. If you have fear, okay, so you have fear. So deal with the fear." But uh, don't create the images. Um, you know, I know somebody who, like, because it, it, uh, it rains a lot here, um, is always expecting the worst. She's always, she's always thinking about storms and lightning striking her. She's imagining lightning strike her and that the storms, she has to hide from storms. She's, uh, I, you know... The thing is, she gets it from her parents, and I know her parents. I know her parents, and her parents, her mother, is very much that way. She, every time she uh, is in a storm, she turns off all the lights and everything, and she, she hides um, in the middle of the house. So she believes that that's a safe place, that she can't get hit by lightning. So this person inherited that from her parents. But she keeps playing the same thing out. And so every time there's a storm, she's like afraid. So are we, are we creating uh, images in our minds, in our mind's eye, uh, that work against us? And are we creating images to, um, to our own detriment, you know? Uh, are we allowing the fear to... To produce our imagination 
or are we using that fear as energy so that we can transform our, our imagination into a good imagination, into a godly imagination, into an imagination that is fortunate, that is auspicious, that is good, you know? So then Yin and the American are trying to practice that. So the American says, I like that Yin is as fearful as me sometimes, but he's a little bit too, uh, he's a little bit too straightforward for my liking, but the both of them are trying to practice uh, imagining uh, fortunate and auspicious happenings and expectations. So, I just read about Mordecai's greatness. So, for Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus. I don't know who King Ahasuerus is. You have to read the book of Esther to, to find out. The great, and so, so he was second only to a king. And great among the Jews, and in favor with his many kinsmen, one who sought the good of his people. So Mordecai is described here as one who sought the good of his people, and one who spoke for the welfare of his nation. So... He sought out good things for others. He imagined. So it starts with our imagination. Mordecai was somebody, according to the scripture, he was somebody who imagined good things. He expected good things. He sought out good things. He actively sought out good things. He was proactive about his mind and going toward uh, optimistic things and idealistic things and realistic making the making the idealistic realistic okay and expect and expecting the best and hoping for the best the scripture says hope for the best put your mind on good things okay so Mordecai is an example of this and he was second only to the king of his day and so it says here uh, Mordecai to which the king advanced him you know, the full account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Greece and Persia? So the kingdom of Greece, Greece and the kingdom of Persia is an ancient kingdom, but they were great kingdoms when they, uh, when they uh, existed. The kingdom of Persia, uh, at one time, for a long time, for hundreds of years, um, they were, they were, uh, they, they ruled over everywhere, over all the known world, over all the populated world. They, they, they ruled over the whole world. Uh, and Greece too, Greece under the Alexander the Great took over all the kingdoms of, of the world except for India. Uh, but parts of India were taken over by Alexander the Great. So Greece and Persia, uh, in the Chronicles of the Kings of, of Greece and Persia, Persia, it says, according to Scripture, the greatness of Mordecai is in those accounts of the kings of Media and, and uh, of Greece and Persia. So Mordecai became someone who was great uh, in history, not only in the Book of Esther. But saying that he was in 
uh, other accounts of other very um, uh, powerful kingdoms. And so you don't get to be that way by being depressed or being um, uh, slothful or lazy or ignorant and letting fear control you. So it's a practice. You have to practice in order to make fear work for you and make, make it uh, you have to practice turning it into fuel for the ability to and for your ability to make uh, good outcomes happen to transform it is a uh, it is said that the God of the, the Bible that the God that the Bible speaks of turns all things bad uh, into for his, to work for his favor. He, t- he turns all bad things to work out for his favor. So this is a practice we have to, as, as we can see in the secret of Shambhala, it is something that it's just, um, fear is a natural feeling. But instead of being negative and leaning toward the negative and thinking that lightning is going to hit you every time it's a storm, we can, we can imagine the sun shining. We can imagine the clouds passing and clearing by and the earth getting the water that it needs and the sun coming out and shining uh, afterwards. So we can imagine our expectations to be auspicious and good. So one way of practicing this that I'm doing, I've been doing for a couple of weeks or a week, almost a couple weeks, is affirmations. Setting my alarm clock uh, every other hour to remind me to do affirmations, like we learned in the last chapter of the secret of Shambhala. So we want to create, um, I've been listening to also Emanuel Swedenborg, and he talks about creating our inward life, our inward mind, our inward thoughts, feelings, and uh, this internal life that we're living, to transform that and reform it, reform it, and make it into something that we desire, what we desire. And so it's it starts with a practice of affirmations, like the Secret of Shambhala says, setting our prayer field, our intention, to, to work out for us, to be something that uh, turns out to be for the good. So I said, I said, he said, I looked over at him again. He was staring hard at me. I realized what had happened. I think I just got something, I said. I, I had the thought of us walking toward a campfire. Do you think that means anything? So you have to, if you are going to visualize with, uh, in this conscious alertness, it has to come from a state of relaxation. But you can you can have fear, but you can use that fear as a fuel, and you can just you can visualize and allow the thoughts to come to you. I've been dealing with uh, dreams that are very dark. I've been dealing with dreams every night that are, are somewhat dark and they have um, 
aspects that I enjoy and I like, but other aspects that I don't necessarily like. But the it, like Yin says um, in this book, in in this book, he asked the American to describe the feelings. So it says, if your thought was a guiding intuition, it would have something to do with us looking for the van. Who was at the campfire? Can you remember? And what was the feeling? So I imagine who was at the, the, the reason why he asked the question, who was at the campfire, was because whoever was there, we would expect to see them in real life. Or we would, it, maybe if it's somebody that we know, if it's somebody that we know, like, like I interpret the dream, uh, who was in that dream? Who stood out in that dream? So what do those people mean to me? What do those figures mean to me? And then, so I go from there. And then, yes, the second question is, what was the feeling? What is the feeling that I had? So whether a dream is a nightmare or a dream, uh, all depends on what feeling you had. Was, was, uh, were, w during the dream, were you afraid? Were you crying? Were you hurt in any way? Uh, did you need to wake up suddenly and you woke up in a cold sweat? Um, that, that's the feeling that determines a nightmare. But lately I've had dark dreams, but I, I don't have that feeling. I just, it's just basically very shadowy and dark. And I suppose that hell can be like that kind of a way, in, kind of in a way, hell can be a world that is chaotic and confusing and difficult and difficult everything is difficult and dull and dark and black and white it's just dark and it's like shadowy and it doesn't really it doesn't really uh, it's not really vivid and it's 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 somewhat fearful like the thought processes are are fearful fear-based uh, so yeah, so and then he responds in the story. He says, I don't know who was there, but we wanted to reach the campfire very badly. Is there a sandy area nearby? So they start to analyze as if it's a dream, but he had a vision, okay? So we, they started to analyze, uh, you know, where they should go. And like, so... Yin's eyes lit up and he said, Yes, just just past the next town, Paryang, about 150 miles up ahead. He paused for a moment, smiling broadly. We must stay very alert, he said. It is our only lead. So, so this is the way to kind of predict our future, but it's not really predicting. It's not really predicting. So, like Yin, according to Yin, he says, We have some creative license. He says, Yes, uh... That humans will eventually learn that, um, okay, Yin replied, that humans will eventually learn that their prayer power can greatly influence the flow of their lives. By using the force of our expectations, we can bring forth the process of synchronicity more frequently. But we have to stay alert for the whole process, beginning with the next intuition, beginning with the very next intuition. Are you consciously expecting an intuition? So the American said, I haven't gotten anything yet. So Yin says, but are you expecting one? And the American says, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about intuitions. 
and Yin nodded. You must never. You must remember that this is part of setting your field of prayer for synchronicity. You must stay alert and expect the whole process to come forth. The question, getting an intuition, and following it, and looking for the coincidences. Remind yourself to expect it all. Be alert for it all. And if you do, your energy will go out ahead of you and help bring the flow. He shot me a smile meant to uplift my spirits. Oh, I, I took in a few breaths, feeling my energy begin to return. Yin's mood was contagious. My alertness sharpened. So, this in this chapter, we're learning about asking a question, putting forth a question, and getting an intuition, allowing yourself to gain an intuition. Intuition is knowing something without, um, yeah, you just suddenly know something. You just suddenly know something that's, you don't have any reason for knowing it. It's not uh, based on anything in particular. You just suddenly know it. So you, you have to start getting those intuitions. The very next intuition is what you're looking for. And follow through with that intuition. And look for the coincidences. The coincidences are the synchronicity. The things that line up. Okay? So then you're working in time. You're working on time and in time. And through time. So you're working with time. You know? That's, that's working with synchronicity. So I guess uh, the Lord like showed me the, the greatness of Mordecai as like an example of that. Mordecai was uh, he was somebody who was following that kind of a process and he became great in that process. So anyway, uh, it was a little bit choppy and rocky in my reading, uh, but uh, I, that's what happens taking two days off. <laughs> I'll pick up again tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in and God bless you.